I don't know if I have a homily for you today so much as I have a catechism class. As you can see up on the screens today, it's just the way it came out when I was preparing for this weekend. So today starts three Sundays of what we call the scrutinies. So at the 11 o'clock mass, we have one young adult that will go through the scrutinies as one of our catechumens preparing for baptism at Easter. And the Gospels for these three Sundays are selected, particularly for the catechumens preparing for baptism, but then become a challenge and an example for all of us who are already baptized. And so you can expect three Sundays of very long Gospels for the next few weeks. So today we have the Samaritan woman. So what is the scene that we have? So first, why are the Samaritans and Jews enemies? Well, in the time where the Jews were exiled from Israel, from Jerusalem, some tribes of Israel commingled with the peoples that they were exiled with. They intermarried. And then they started taking up the worship of the gods of the people that they intermarried with. And so in the eyes of the Jews, they became idol worshippers. And so that is why the Jews and the Samaritans do not speak and interact, because to the Jews, the Samaritans are idol worshippers, and obviously that's not good. So that's the first part. Second part is Jesus meets this woman at the well at noon. If you know that part of the world, noon is when you do not leave your house because it is too hot to move. So if this woman was at the well at noon, there must have been a very grave reason that this was the only time she could be there. And third, in Jesus' time, men didn't speak to women in public. This is the scene. And what we see in the interaction between Jesus and the Samaritan woman is this beautiful development of faith through a beautiful development of a relationship between Jesus and this woman. And we see it played out in the way that she addresses Jesus and how that changes over their conversation together. So it starts off when they first meet that she's not supposed to be at the well, for starters. And now she's there and she runs into a Jew. And so she turns to him and says, what are you a Jew doing talking to me? He's an enemy. He's a stranger. She doesn't trust him. She doesn't understand him. Why would she be, he be asking her for a drink? She's unclean. Even if she pulled a pail of water out of the well, he shouldn't even touch that water because she's an idol worshiper. But what Jesus does by saying, give me a drink, is he's saying, look, I want the same thing that you want. You don't realize it yet, but I want the same thing that you want, just not in the way that you want it. And in that, he gains a degree of her trust. So then the next time that she addresses him, she chains, changes from you Jew to sir. She's gained respect for Jesus, which now he tells her, I know things that you don't. That the desires that you have, this desire for water that you've come here for, I can actually fulfill that deeper desire that you have in your heart. I have a promise to make to you that I can fulfill 
that you can't find anywhere else. And now he's piqued her curiosity. Now she goes, well, give me this water so I don't have to come back to this well all the time because this is excruciating work coming out here in the middle of the day. So if you could just give me that water, I could stay home and not be out in the midday sun. But she doesn't quite understand because Jesus needs to give her a new vision, a new way of understanding to be able to worship in spirit and in truth. And so now moves from respect to, well, I see that you are a prophet. But how does she come to know Jesus as a prophet? When he says, go and get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, I know you've had five and now you're with a sixth man and he is not your husband. He leads her to repentance. Because in order for her to be able to receive the promise that he is giving her, she first has to be open and be made ready to receive the fulfillment of that promise. And so she has to go undergo this repentance to be able to receive that. And that's how she comes to know him as a teacher, someone who can give me something that I cannot find myself. And then from there, she comes to see him as a messiah as the one from God, sent to her, because Jesus stayed at the well. Why did all the other apostles go into town and Jesus didn't go with them? He was waiting for her. He wanted this encounter with her. And she comes to know him as from God because now she is changing her mind and her worldview. Because how do we know this? When it says that she goes back to town, she leaves behind her water jar. She's left behind what she thought she went out there to go and get because now she has found something else. And she goes back and tells everybody that she knows in town. And then she comes to know Jesus as Savior, as not just the one from God, but my God. Because she has seen and come to believe in his words that he speaks in spirit and in truth. She has come to full faith in Christ. And Jesus has led her through this progression of transformation in her life. And it is the same invitation to every one of us. This is what it means to be Christian. And for us as Christians, we don't just go through this once in our life because every one of us end up getting hung up at one of these stages at some point of our life that we have to work hard to break through because maybe Jesus feels scary for some reason and so we keep it at a distance as a stranger or maybe there's something about what he teaches and asks of us that feels uncomfortable and so we just keep him at a distance or maybe it's nice to think of him as a teacher but to think of him as my God is overwhelming. And so again, we keep him at a distance. And then once we feel like we've walked through this, never should we presume that we actually know Jesus. And then we start again. So that every moment of our life provides an opportunity to deepen that relationship with Jesus. Because it wasn't by what the woman did that she came to know him is what it was but by what she let Jesus 
do for her at the well. Now, if maybe this feels a little bit too much like a theological idea, what's up on the screen are the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And when you look at the 12 steps for AA, they follow the very same pattern of this gift of faith. Because what is the first step in AA? It is admitting that I am powerless, that I have become a stranger and an enemy to all those in my life because of my addiction. But then in order to walk out of that addiction, I need to acknowledge that there is a power greater than myself that there is someone who can change my worldview, that is promising me something that I can hope in, that my desire will be fulfilled. But then what comes after that? What do most of the steps in AA revolve around? It's the period of repentance, of making an inventory of myself, of making amends with people where it is possible that most of the steps of AA fall within that purging of ourselves to make room for the fulfillment of the promise that is made at the beginning. And then to continue in prayer, to seek the one who gave the promise in the beginning so that the one who gave the promise in the beginning can fulfill that promise. AA follows this progression of how Jesus is inviting us into relationship with him and into faith. This is the gift of our Christian life. And the gift of catechumens in our parish is a reminder that we are always invited back into that. So we have one young man from Augustana who will be baptized at Easter, and then we have five grade school children, and they are being baptized because they asked their mom and dad to be baptized. Their gift to us, a reminder of what it means to accept that invitation into relationship with Jesus in the same way that the woman did. Because how do we know that there's always more to come to know? When the apostles come back from town and they find Jesus talking to the woman, what does he say? They ask him if he wants something to eat and he says, I have things to eat that you do not know about. What do they start discussing? Where did he get food? They have the same question as the woman did about the water at the beginning. The apostles haven't yet come to full faith in who Jesus is yet. <laughs>